The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome to another episode of TakeCast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. And this episode of the show, I'm again joined by Drew Dinkmeyer and Michael Gallagher to do our normal Monday NBA podcast. Of course, it is not a normal NBA Monday because uh, the NBA is not happening. There are currently not NBA games taking place. And we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about the future of the NBA, some of the possible outcomes for the season, some of the storylines that are playing out right now. And, uh, you know, just a lot of interesting notes as it relates to the coronavirus and the NBA and all really all of the major sports leagues that are currently not playing, not uh, participating in, uh, you know, that are just, just not running at the moment. Of course, if you want to support the show, you can leave a rating and review on iTunes. That's very useful. That's very helpful. You can subscribe to patreon.com slash takecast to get bonus episodes of the show. Subscribe to dailyroto.com using the promo code Janice. And uh, yeah, just uh, go ahead and stick with us through these, through all of this. And let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, everyone. Hello and welcome to the TakeCast, bringing in Drew Dinkmeyer and Mike Gallagher to, uh, this is this is theoretically the NBA TakeCast, and it's going to be NBA-centric, but obviously we don't have a lot of real basketball to talk about due to the fact that uh, right now the National Basketball Association is not playing. We don't know when they will be playing next. We know that they are postponed for at least 30 days, though that seems at this point wildly optimistic um mike how are you how are you finding life without professional sports um i'm in bad shape guys i don't, I don't, know, what <laughs> I don't know what i'm doing with my life um yeah it's just the last few days i'm just like um you know like if you have an apple phone they send at least for me they send you the how often you've been on your phone the last week or whatever it is yeah and it's up um it's just i can't train my brain to like not look at my phone not focus on basketball i've probably tried to set my fantasy lineups like two times a day since thursday um yeah it's just i don't even know man like i'm i work from home so that whole side of it has been fine but uh yeah my mind is just all over the place man i I do not do well do well with downtime so uh yeah toughening it out um yeah, it's just weird not having basketball, but uh, again, this is for sure needed. So as much as it, it sucks not having the NBA, um, and it's crazy. As, as bad as Rudy Gobert looks, man, uh, he's kind of like an idiot hero here. Uh, 
because and I was uh, so I was working on Wednesday night and we was talking like you know what do we do for fantasy when the season gets cut off what do you do for your fantasy leagues all this and that which we, we should probably talk about and I was like I don't know if we're gonna make it to Monday to set a new week and once that Kubera thing came out you know two seconds later whoa just like seasons on uh, postponed so Wednesday was wild uh, it was definitely one of the most like in. I don't know about you guys. I, I pieced it together pretty quick. I was like, for them to do what they're doing, this has to be coronavirus related. And yeah. just from a murder world standpoint, like we're like, uh, it's probably risky to put it under Gobert, but let's put everything under Gobert. And lo and behold, that's what happened. So uh, yeah, it's it's. But I don't I don't know. I gotta I gotta figure out. Like I was talking before we hopped on, I probably gotta get a video game system. I think it's gonna be quite a quite a while before we're watching. Hoops it is again. gonna be quite a while. Uh, Drew, do you think that? Rudy Gobert maybe saved some of these leagues from themselves from continuing to try and play games. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think that was a really big turning point, not only in the context of the NBA and sports leagues, but in the context of the U S's handling of the pandemic in general. Um, It really seemed to open up a lot of people's eyes. That was also the day on Wednesday where, you know, news release that, Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, also tested positive for coronavirus. They were in Australia at the time, but I think it just and started. There, and there was make, the emergency address, too. That, that, that 30 minutes was like, yeah. oh, my God. It was unreal. Sorry. Yeah. It's so it, I think it was a day that really kind of opened the eyes for, you know, a lot of people in the country. And a lot of people really use sports as a way to, um, you know, get away from their everyday lives. So I think sport when sports was shutting down kind of left and right. Um, if you took like that afternoon off, uh, you missed a few leagues on Thursday, like shutting down completely. So I think it was, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting where we, where we'd be uh, if it weren't for that. And I'm a big believer in the idea of like flattening the curve with all this stuff and trying to, you know, create social distancing, which, you know, I'm very well equipped to do personally anyway. So uh, this is kind of my wheelhouse, but I think, um, in general, you know, it's weird to think and look back on this, but I think that whole situation, you know, probably ended up saving a lot of lives um, at the end of the day in terms of how quickly it kind of got the NBA to shut off the funnel. Um, yeah, but in terms of like what what's going, what to look forward to next, you know, I don't know. I don't know the next time we're going to see basketball. I would guess that um, the absolute earliest I would think that we would see anything would be May. Um, I think, you know, June, July is probably more likely. And at that point, I don't know, you know, what tax they'll kind of take to, to close things out. So I, I think that, I mean, this is the big question, right? How does the NBA proceed? Do they, I mean, I think at this point we can just say the regular season's not happening. We're, we're not going to see any regular season games. And yeah, maybe, maybe the New Orleans Pelicans and David Griffin can be upset about that, but we're not going to see any regular season games. So yeah, I think we would have if, so I think they were thinking, I, I think a lot of people were just kind of underestimating the level of shutdown that was going to be necessary here. And I think their initial intentions were the idea, like we could shut down for a few weeks and because they have so many off days in the playoffs, they could have finished out the regular season. I think that was their initial thinking, but I think based on the the timeline that they're going to be able to start things back up, I think that'll be very unlikely. And then there was yeah, a report just, from a report from the Los Angeles Times said that the Lakers players, after they had talked with, um, they've heard from the conference call that the owners still wanted to go full eighty-two, even if it takes until like August. Which, 
And I, like you said, I, I May is probably optimistic for sure, like you said, too. So, I mean, just the whole big, like, okay, what happens after that? What happens with the summer league gets scrapped entirely? Uh, obviously, they were load managing guys a lot. This was Last year was the worst summer league ever, for sure. Um, so, as much as I love summer league, like, scrapping that seems probably like an easy call, or at least shortening it. Um, so, that free agency – you know, all that stuff gets rolled into it when you start next season, which is probably going to get delayed. Do you shorten next season too? I mean, there's so, so many questions to do. That's my big thing is I think they, they got to shorten next season because you can't be – because what if, if people remember this back in the last lockout, what they did to compensate for the lockout was like teams were playing like five games and seven nights and like back-to-back-to-backs. Yeah. And like, um, you know, they were playing home games one day and then traveling and playing the next day. And I know that theoretically the owners can probably get that through in terms of collective bargaining or whatever, but uh, I just, I really hope that that's not the solution that they land on. Yeah. And then also too, for the playoffs, do you run, you know, five games in the first round? Do you try to cut off the two days off between the road game when you're traveling? Do you cut that down to just one day off? Do you dare play back to backs in the playoffs? I mean, there's a lot of questions that you got to ask yourself to, shortening up the schedule obviously you would they, the first one that comes to mind is we, we always have that what is it june 6th or something where they have like the finals date set in stone yeah that's obviously going to change so there's just so many things that are like again we're, we're not even close to that point yet um but when we get there it's going to be really fascinating and i'm, I'm sure going to take the right approach and um, just quickly too uh mad props to warriors man um they were kind of ahead of this thing um and not props to, of course, the Knicks. Uh, the one or, team or the Washington Wizards. Yeah, the Wizards too, yeah. But the Knicks, according to Woj, were really the, the bad guys of this whole, which is not surprising. Like, yeah, I, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> but yeah, it's, so, it's, the Warriors are seriously, just, they're so well run. We talk about them all the time. But even just as a humanitarian side of it, they're, they're really awesome. Yeah, they figure it out. I, I think that um, it seems like the best available solution you skip right to the playoffs. Every series until the finals is five games. And that still doesn't even answer the, the big question of when does it start? When does it end? I kind of um, think I, one thing as, as you're talking through this, I kind of think there's almost going to have to be a condensed end to the regular season to have like warm up games essentially for the yeah, playoffs. That's a huge too. question. Yeah. What like these guys are, doing what we're doing, right? They're sitting at yeah. home playing video games and hanging out. Like, it's not like these guys are being able to keep up with their workouts or their conditioning or anything. I mean, they, no, they, uh, the NBA is not, a, uh, no drug tests too. So that's a factor as well. Yeah. It's just, it, and, and even if, even if they were in peak physical shape, like it's just asking these guys to take three months off and then come back and play high level playoff professional basketball. Like that's probably just a little bit too much. So I would guess that, you know, maybe they have a regular season where everybody gets to like 68 games and everybody has three to five games left essentially. And then they go into the playoffs. Um, do, you, do you maybe skew the schedule where the teams that are kind of in the hunt, maybe it's weighted more towards they play each other more. I think that would probably make sense. Like have more Grizzlies versus. Yeah. Like redo the whole schedule. Team. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think that makes sense. But, yeah, it would probably be the most fair thing to do. Um, going so it's forward. more like a mini playoffs kind of with like a round robin kind of mini yeah. playoffs kind of thing. Yeah, I think that I think that makes a little bit of sense. There's also been um, the 
the the tournament idea has been thrown out. Now this actually got some traction like uh, about six months, eight months ago, where the instead of being played as as currently constituted, where you know every every team has this seven game elimination series, all these teams are thrown into a bracket. Uh, the the Bill Simmons idea calls it the uh, fun as hell tournament idea, and and the the idea is basically to make the NBA playoffs more like March Madness. And obviously the best teams are going to hate that, you know, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Bucks, they're going to hate that. But I mean, think, think of the Warriors sitting here being like, uh, okay, yeah. all of a sudden we have, maybe, maybe this goes on long enough that Clay's cleared to play. And Draymond is, you know, he loses 10 pounds and Steph is healthy. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the Warriors roster is back, ready to go. And, I mean, that's a situation that some of these teams got to really like. The, the Nets, they have to really like that, where it, what they just did in the regular season doesn't really matter as long as they're one of the 16 best teams. And maybe you, maybe you have a play-in, right? Uh, and the, the Pelicans get to play the Grizzlies as a play-in spot or whatever. There, there are just so many different ways that this can go. Uh, and it's not going to be satisfying for everyone, and I do not envy what the league has to think about right now to change topics here so for season long um how are you guys approach i'm a commissioner for two leagues and i'm probably just going to split i mean it's so hard to say you know you could have come back and like a lot of times yeah. the one seed doesn't win so i think i'm just going to split for whoever's alive you know if you're mathematically limited you pay and you're out and then that's what you know, um that's what the the one seasonal league that I'm in that's, you know, like a friends league, not like hosted by a major site or whatever that the commissioner had basically decided to do. I'm not the commissioner in the league, but basically it said that, you know, um, somebody had locked up the number one seed in our playoffs and we had a regular season prize. Um, so he basically said, going to pay that out in full because the person mm-hmm. had already locked that up. Yeah. Um, and then uh, pay out proportional shares to all the playoff contestants on yep. first place, second place, third place. Um, the prize is there. Um, it's a little bit tricky though, because if your playoffs, if you were still like working on positioning for playoffs, yeah. Um, then especially if you're playing like you know Yahoo's game where it's like category based standings head to head, you can move a ton in standings in in a single week, depending on how many categories you have. So I think it's it's really tough. I think what you need to do is yeah, proportional shares to the teams that were still alive. You could potentially scale that if you wanted based on like second place gets a higher share than whoever's in fourth place or, or whatever. Um, but it's tricky. Um, I think that's the most appropriate way to try to handle things though. Yeah. Even in nine, like nine cat, it's, there's really no advantage to having a, a higher seed. Um, yeah. Occasionally, you'll tie and steals and blocks or something along yeah. those lines. But being in the higher seed, uh, especially you know, and honestly, I never unless there's money in it, I don't like gunning for the one seed. I usually like try to sneak in, you know, that way I kind of set my roster up and just go for it. Um, so yeah, I, the one seed, unless again, if you pay our regular season for sure. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm, I'm sure no one's going to be completely happy with the way it goes, but I just feel like that's the fairest way to to pay everybody out pretty much this whole from a fantasy side of it it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things but for us who enjoy fantasy um this whole season's gonna definitely be one we won't forget for sure because what, yeah, what do you yeah. think the odds are that like i don't even, like i probably when the season starts if they do do that mini regular season i mean you really can't even you can't do anything fantasy guys off of what's up now 
you can't do anything fantasy wise off that. You could like yeah. continue, you know, the the last week that you were in the midst of and finish that week out, but yeah. There's not much you can really yeah, so do. So unless they seriously just delay it and then start up finish the 82 and keep the schedule as is and they basically pick it back up on a Thursday or I guess pick it back up on a Wednesday for the team that didn't play those two games and yeah. then go. So or even put those two games on Thursday. Um I don't know, but they have to truncate it here and there, but That'll change, like, you know, games on – if you were playing – like the Spurs, for instance, they have a lot of – they have a four 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 coming up next week. So does that change? Um, you know, there's, it's, it's just going to be so tough to, to do it fair uh, if they do pick it up and they change the dates, which they're going to have to do um, just to keep it shorter. But it's – yeah, it's, it's, it stinks, uh, especially if your teams are getting real hot um, and you feel like you're going to win, but it is what it is. Well, I mean, the thing about all this stuff, uh, no matter what sport you're analyzing or looking at, um, is that when it comes back, there's going to have been such a long layoff that all of the things that you knew when it went away are potentially no longer relevant, um, especially in terms of injury information and how rotations were impacted by that and different things like that. And then there'll be another level of, of this unknown in the sense that when teams come back, maybe not all the guys come back in exactly the same shape. And maybe the rotations yep. change uh, as a result because certain players just aren't as prepared to return for whatever reason. Um, maybe they battled illness. Maybe they just didn't take, you know, they didn't have a way to stay in shape as well. Who knows? Um, but it's almost going to be like, um, you know, the very start of the season. <laughs> and and I, And it's just weird to think that, if you had any league that essentially started their season and did like three weeks of preseason and then like played the final, played the, the tournament to, to win the championship and declare the champion, um, the amount of variance that would be introduced into that based on, uh, at least in terms of projecting it, the, the unknowns, um, is pretty difficult. And so for us who try to forecast these things going forward, you know, there's just a lot more unknown and uncertainty. Um, in terms of trying to forecast it, we know how good Milwaukee and the Lakers and the Clippers and those teams were based on what they had accomplished to this point in the season. But with that time off, it's almost like, I guess college bowl season is the best example, right? Where you take like four weeks off for a lot of the teams and they kind of come back, but this is even, you know, pushed out further and the talent gaps in college football are much bigger than they are in in professional sports. So it'll be um, very interesting to see how this, um, manifests itself in the betting markets as well in terms of if that uncertainty starts to get priced in, if some of the longer shot teams uh, start to get a little bit more attention because of the unknowns around it. Holy NFL news. Yeah, <laughs> big, right, 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 right as we're recording this, uh, DeAndre Hopkins just got traded to the Arizona Cardinals, which we will certainly talk about on the Sports Grid <laughs> Fantasy Football Podcast here in a little bit. And speaking of the betting markets, this is uh, this is just a, a great theory that has been thrown out there, which is that the the team that represents the best odds to win the NBA championship right now is the Brooklyn Nets, who are the seventh seed in the East. If things if they started the playoffs right now, and uh, you know, I guess I guess the theory is Katie's already shooting jumpers, and you know, we think that uh, you know it, it's possible that Kyrie Irving will be. Uh, you know, back ready to go after his shoulder surgery. So, what do we what do we think of this theory, Mike? That the uh, that the Brooklyn Nets represent good odds at you know 
right? Like they were like 150 to one. Their odds are way shorter than that now since this pop this theory has been popularized. What what do we think about the Nets to win the championship? I don't know. I just don't really see Kyrie being ready to go and all that. Like you mentioned, like just getting back on track to work your way up to that on top of, you know, the Achilles rehab is just brutal. Um, so I, I don't know. And obviously with Kyrie, it's not that they were okay um, with Kyrie, but you know, I don't think Kyrie's going to even be that good. So I don't really feel it. Um, yeah. It's just pretty much just helps the, uh, the older teams, you know, the, the Clippers, the Lakers, the teams we've been talking about, you know, Giannis, uh, he gets his time to heal his knee. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty much not into that. I get it, obviously, but uh, that's that's a tough task to just come on and start the playoffs. Again, we don't know how long it's going to be, but yeah, it's I'm not I'm not too into it. Yeah, I think the the thing that I would stress there is that any lead up in time that these players would have, like yes, they they're technically recovered, but to actually get the type of reps that they would need to be game ready to make an impact, um, that requires being able to play pickup games and being able to play in, you know, some sort of official capacity and get those reps in. And I, I don't think they're going to get that time. Um, I guess it depends on how much of a lead way uh, the NBA would give teams to start practicing and whatnot and like having their own preseason. And maybe it would make a difference in that, but I just don't think even if they physically hit their timelines, they're naturally going to have kind of all the opportunities to get into quote unquote game shape um, to be able to play at that level. So it's not a position that I personally would be taking. I understand the thought process behind it, but I think that's a thought process that is more realistic in like a video game scenario where galaxy brain (laughs) where, well, well like in video games where you can like just kind of fast forward. And when the guy, you know, heals, he's totally healed. He's fine. Um, Because all the stuff that, you know, is supposed to be taking place place for the players is there in the background but i think all that stuff is going to be hampered by you know just the league's ability to create games and 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 whatnot for these guys so i i I probably wouldn't be nibbling at that but i understand the thought process on it i i mean look i've made worse bets right i've made i've made worse bets than and and you know what Kevin Durant has literally injured me and like my sense of self and my investment in sports, like literally more than anyone else. And I still can't help but love that guy. I think he's so good. And I mean, I guess the most likely thing that would happen is Kevin Durant says, I said, I wasn't playing this season. I'm not playing this season. And, and people make this bet and it just does, it doesn't even end up mattering. And and KD doesn't even end up playing, but it, it's certainly something that adds like uh, another wrinkle to this. Something I'm a little bit more excited to see. What uh, what do we think? I think sticking the- with that because I think just to talk uh, kind of on a, like the Jonathan Isaacs of the world and dudes like that who were you know probably like Isaac was kind of on the fence of coming back. It sounded like so like he's kind of interesting. The Magic are playing pretty decent ball right now. Um, so I think that's something like to take it a step down. Um, you know of other teams that uh, have guys that are dinged up I'm trying to think who else for like playoff relevant teams. Um, you know, I, the Kings, the Kings are actually playing pretty well. I think they're like one of the better teams. Yeah. They're 10 and five in their last. So like Marvin Bagley coming back, does that make them viable for the eight seed? You know, this and that too. So obviously Bagley has been pretty terrible, but um, yeah. I'm trying, is there anybody I'm forgetting? 
I guess. Um, well, uh, I mean, I mean the Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon. Giannis, Giannis just had a knee injury. I, there, yeah. there was this. There was this tweet going around that someone called into LA Sports Talk Radio and said, uh, "This is unfair to the Lakers because the the stoppage is going to allow time for Giannis's knee oh, to heal, God. and that's and that's interfering with LeBron's MVP candidacy." Yeah, he he practiced already. He's he was gonna play. I'm pretty sure. If, 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 if at most one more missed game, I'd say. So that's garbage. Um. Yeah, I would have said uh, like you know Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark for the Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah. Um. Because Grizzlies were you know I, the Grizzlies might be the big winners in this whole thing yeah. because they you know the the hold on the A seed was pretty precarious. Uh, with New Orleans and Portland, Sacramento, and those teams playing a little bit better, and uh, a shortened season would certainly benefit them. And I can't, I can't envision a full regular season being played out under any scenario. So, you know, that time that teams like New Orleans with Zion back having to be able to try to catch up to Memphis is going to be shortened considerably. And so I think you know Memphis not only getting Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark and those guys time to to be healthy and recover for whenever we play these games again. But just the idea that um, you know shortens the season and their three and a half game lead is much more likely to hold uh, based on whatever criteria the NBA presumes going forward. And their schedule is about to get real tough if they, if it did keep they get the yeah Spurs. it would have been it would have been it would have been a difficult thing to hold on. I know they only you know mathematically probably only need to be about five hundred the rest of the way, but that would have been yeah. really hard with the yeah. schedule that they had upcoming. They get Spurs, Thunder, Bucks, Pelicans, Pelicans again. Celtics, Raptors, Raptors uh, to, for the rest of the month. I think <laughs> getting back to the Thunder there, I think because um, you mentioned them, I think one of the great storylines of the season will just be the fact that if if the regular season did end right now, Oklahoma City and Houston finishing with exactly identical Rockets, no, exactly identical records. Oh, they were wow. balling. I think they're. I think both they had the third best record. Both, in the both in the forty and twenty four after Oklahoma City traded Russell Westbrook to acquire Chris Paul and like every draft pick Houston had for a decade, basically. <laughs> um, and, and had, you know, Shago just Alexander and all the picks that they got from the Clippers uh, for the Paul George trade. The idea that that team basically didn't miss a beat and gained all those draft picks in a single year, I think is probably one of the more unheralded stories of the NBA season. Sam, Sam Presti gets it done, Drew. Sam Presti <laughs> gets it done. And it'll probably I who get tweeted over- this out, but someone, someone had tweeted it out, like the comparison that ESPN tweets about Alex Caruso versus how much ESPN tweets about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah. It's like yeah. astronomically high. It's crazy. Like they just yeah. get no love. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think that's going to be one of the stories of the season that's kind of lost in the mix because it was one of those things where if you're like good in the Western conference, but not, you know, not perceived as great, you kind of get overshadowed. And when you're kind of in the middle of that, you know, four, five, six, seven area, like Utah has been the last few years, those teams kind of get overlooked. And I think the Thunder were kind of going through that, but doing that after the off season that they had, is really, really remarkable. And I think, um, you know, Presti obviously did a great job in that situation. I think there's plenty of, you know, plenty of ups and downs in Presti's career that you can criticize. I think he's done more good than harm for sure. Um, But last year they were the sixth seed. And uh, if things ended today, after having lost Paul George and Russell Westbrook, uh, and they had a 598 win win percentage. Um, So this year they're tied for the fifth seed with a, you know, with a 625 win percentage after losing Paul George and Russell Westbrook and gaining a bunch of picks. That's just incredible. 
it is it is in fact pretty incredible and i just i don't want anyone to shortchange uh chris paul like i just i don't i can't really what i can't stand is when people just try and don't give chris paul his credit right and i think that it's yeah. just it's gone yeah. on for a long time people called him a choker they said he was a loser and i just said that the joke mike is that i literally have hated chris paul for my entire adult life and then he got traded to my favorite basketball team and he made my favorite basketball team better uh <laughs> I mean, I, I I gotta say though, still love Russell Westbrook. Have no, I have no, I have no bad feelings toward Russell Westbrook at all. And he's still probably the best center in the Western Conference, other than Nikola Jokic. Who, by the time people are listening to this, what do we think Nikola Jokic weighs now, Drew? What do we think? What do we think that? What do we think that uh, a new a new Call of Duty game mode plus quarantining has done to Nikola Jokic's weight? So there's a there's a good question. Do you think uh, do you think Denver you should be shorting Denver playoff odds based on the idea that Jokic sure. had finally gotten himself into shape uh, during the regular season? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I think yeah. that is you clear. I think that being short because we've seen this we've seen this with Jokic pretty much every time he comes off of a long layoff uh, he comes in with uh, you know just just way more weight on his frame basically. Well, when we talked about the Nuggets in the past, we had always talked about them in the context of the Jazz because we talked about like division bets with those two teams. And I wanted to kind of circle back up the Jazz and the Rudy Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell uh, stuff. I wanted to, I wanted to get your guys' take because like right after that was all surfacing, there were a lot of speculation about like you know how's this going to impact Rudy Gobert in the locker room and different things like that. Do you guys? think that would be a, a substantial issue kind of going it, forward it, it seems like his teammates are all pissed at him see and, and i it'll probably blow over would be my guess just based off of knowing human nature but it seems like as of right now they're they're probably not te- they probably started another group chat without rudy gobert in it. <laughs> like like the, the, they started another team group chat without rudy gobert in it would, would be my guess i don't i don't know I mean, some people are calling for him to be like suspended or whatever, which seems like a little much. That's yeah. He's just an idiot. I mean, people make stupid mistakes all the time, but the way in which just the way it went down, and thankfully none of the reporters got it too, so that's good news, especially if there are any older ones. But uh, and then also just another kind of side of that, um, if like the timeline of everything is really weird because Donovan Mitchell has it, but his dad doesn't have it when he he saw him on the fourth of March. And I mean, I don't know how they greet each other, but you would. Th- and he's real close with his dad too. So there's that. There's the Christian Wood thing, who's not showing any symptoms, at least as of last I heard. Um, him getting it uh, when they played against uh, the Jazz, but Serge uh, Ibaka didn't get it. Uh, like it's did. So it's kind of just piecing when the virus moved around is really fascinating uh, to me. Just I don't know if I well, I think I think unfortunately with the way that testing has been done in the U.S. is we're never going to know. I think the assumption that Gobert was like, you know, patient zero for the NBA is, is, you know, who knows who just, who knows. Um, And it's, it's, you know, it's tough to figure out, but he's going to be the person who's always remembered for this because the actions that he took to kind of mock on it. And I think, um, you know, I think hopefully that's, you know, the, the takeaway of all this stuff is just that, um, you know, even when you're maybe not directly affected by something, 
you probably should be a little bit more thoughtful in terms of how you're uh, thinking about it in the context of others. That is that is a very good lesson. I mean, it's just a very good lesson for everyone to learn, right? Yeah, just, yeah. just, 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 even if you can't see that this is going to directly hurt you, your life, your body, maybe think about how your actions fit into the larger societal uh, quilt, if you will. And uh, and Rudy Gobert, he mocked the quilt. He coughed on the quilt. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to call for the dude to be suspended or for people like, I'm sure his Instagram comments are just a, a wasteland. Oh I'm sure, I'm sure it's terrible. I don't, I don't, but I mean, he should feel like an idiot. He should feel like an yeah, idiot. He donated five. So, go ahead. He donated, he donated 500K. So, I mean, that was a nice gesture yeah. too. As much money as he makes, obviously, but yeah. he feels terrible. And I mean, but again, it's not like he did something, he just did it as a joke. It was a really bad joke. Yeah, but uh, I don't think he should. Obviously, he shouldn't be suspended. I was surprised that was even a story. But uh, yeah, it's just people are mad. Like, I mean, every time I retweet anything with him, my mentions are like, "Oh yeah, he shouldn't come back." Like, come on, man. So yeah, dumb. yeah. I mean, and, people and, make, yeah, people make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, what just can the, you do? The, the whole thing, like the like, just the kind of non NBA side. Like, just because you're not showing, showing symptoms, you can still transfer the virus, which is what makes this whole thing so dangerous. Yep. And for people to not take precautions and downplay it for weeks and saying, you know, the whole not having enough tests is such a huge, huge issue. So, yeah, pretty much. Um, if you watched last week tonight, I tweeted it out. Uh, it's just if you're not too into the if you want some laughs uh, with your analysis of coronavirus, I definitely worth checking out um, to, to sum up what you should do. But just want to throw that out there. So I had a, I had another thought about all of this which is uh, this, this really sucks for LeBron James and especially for people like me who are um, LeBron James truthers in the sense that I think LeBron is the greatest player to ever play. I think that he is. I don't think that his... makes anyone a truther. Like there's, there's, I mean, le- I mean, there's tr- very tr- legitimate arguments for, for that. Yeah, but everyone over, everyone over the age of 35, uh, you know, they, they believe that uh, – that, Michael Jordan, he will never be, will never be topped. He will never, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, you, you know, you know, boomers who like literally like go into just, they, they go, they go into fits. If you say anything about LeBron being better than Michael Jordan. And uh, I mean, the Lakers were, were the favorites to win the West. And, and they were just, I, think, I mean, they were just coming off the week that I think everybody who was a Laker backer had been looking for. Had been, yeah. had been, had been, you know, they, they beat Milwaukee at home. They beat the Clippers. Uh, they, they, they were on their way. So this, this sucks for LeBron because I mean, I, what, what do we, okay. Drew, if we had to set the line, the 2019, 20 NBA season finishes in some variety and we are able to crown an NBA finals champion or there is not another game played in the 2019, 20 NBA season. What do we what do we what do we make the lines? I would say like minus fifteen hundred that there's an NBA champion. I think there's a I think really it's extremely wow, you're worse than I am. I, I would I would like I, I mean I would like to book the other side of that if, I if think anyone listening I think, to this agrees with I, that line. I think it's extremely likely there's an NBA champion declared. I, I, I was gonna say well I'm curious to what you would say, Davis too. I was gonna say like minus three hundred. I think I think it is it is minus one ten plus one ten. Oh, okay. I, I, so I think I think point it, flip. 
I think it's a, I think it's a real coin flip if if there is because so as of right now the CDC has for two months said really we should not have any gatherings anywhere of people greater than more than fifty mm-hmm. and even if we're even if we say okay we want these NBA teams we want them to play behind closed doors and we want a quarantine limit we want to test maybe maybe like I was thinking of this maybe there we send every team that's still left in the playoffs, we send them to one city where there's an arena. We keep them all quarantined there. We play all the games there. Right. And even in this scenario where we're taking like absurd, absurd, absurd amounts of precautions, I still think you violate that with like TV people needed coaches, trainers, so on and so forth. I I still think think you can't do it. I don't think that's viable. I mean, it sounds like, it just sounds sounds horrible to do that. It's just just as far as like treating them like human beings, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like you don't don't move. Like obviously that's what we should be doing, but like doing it under like forcing them to kind of do that. Like uh, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's a lot to ask. But yeah, I think that if we do go, I definitely think they're going to be empty game, empty arenas though. Empty arenas seems seems like a lock for for if you if you want to actually get this done. You don't think you don't you don't think at the at the very least they would try to organize a single elimination tournament. At yeah. the very well, least. So even even then, even then, you are presuming that this more or less single elimination tournament, you're basically saying that in four months people can just go out and live their lives. And I, I do not. No, I'm I saying not I'm saying to. I'm saying within four months, I think NBA players can go out and play games behind closed doors or whatever, and TV crews can be there. I yeah. and I to me, I believe I think that's a coin flip. I, I think that I think that that statement is a coin flip, and the the reason why I would even say it's a coin flip is the amount of money that the NBA is going to lose. And this is the last thing I want to talk about because this is this is a huge conversation. Um, the amount of money that the NBA is going to lose as a result of this, and I mean we're talking billions and billions of dollars in TV money. Um, just um, so that I'm not so. You think that's wrong? So I think that's I think that's something that we wouldn't know anything about without knowing those TV contracts. My guess is the TV contracts are for I don't know if they're set for a number of games or if they're set for seasons. In either way, if it was set for a number of games, they could find a way to kind of get there. Or I think it'll hurt the future negotiations potentially. But I don't think the current contract. I don't know. I, it's just an unknown in, ter- in terms of how it's worded. And same thing with like player salaries and different things like that. Um, I don't know how the contracts are worded on those, if it's going to save the team's money on having to pay players, you know, for fewer games played or different things like that. Um, so I just don't know. I have no idea how the structure of the business side of things are is taken there. So I wouldn't assume necessarily that the league is losing a ton of money in those situations. They're losing all the revenue from going to the games, certainly. 100%. I, that that is like um that that's but, like uh funny money a, though. Like it's I think a the small piece revenue, of the pie. Yeah. Right. Um so I, I think that this would be this would be my counter is that it's already been reported by Shams and by Woj that teams are reworking their cap projections to deal with this. So that just that just got me thinking, right? Because and and teams started the year reworking well, the, re- the cap the projections. Reason, the reason they're reworking the cap projections is because cap revenue is based on the previous Correct. year's revenue. Yeah. So the revenue is certainly going to be impacted in the sense of losing all these games and gates and di- and different things like that. 
how much, who knows? Um, but that, that's certain that that was certainly going to be impacted. Now they did say, I guess they did say early in the season with the Daryl Morey tweets and the things about China and stuff that that would impact potentially the cap hits as well. So maybe it is based on like a per game basis in terms of the television deals and different things like that uh, globally. I don't know, but I do think it'll impact the cap for, for future teams. And that'll be a really interesting things for teams like the Warriors who've been like right up against it and trying to kind of navigate their way through uh, what they thought was a relatively known situation in terms of the cap. Um, and, and maybe it changes next year and it, it does alter things. But I, I, I just, I don't know how that's going to play out. I think there's so many question marks there. I mean, we can't, we, I, I can't, of course I, you know, I cannot, I cannot speak to, um, the, the exact dollar amounts of like, oh, this is going to drop by 10, 20%. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not Larry Kuhn. I don't have, I do not have the NBA's collective bargaining agreement memorized. I do feel extremely confident in saying this is very bad for not, I mean, not even very bad. It's just, this is going to have a big impact on the NBA salary cap. Cause even if, even if it's not per game, do you think that ESPN, ABC, TNT, you think they're playing, they don't have ways out of their contracts and not pay. They might. Well, that's, I have no idea. That's the thing that I don't know. Um, but I think, I think to your point, um, global economics is going to look very different just in general after, after yes. all of this. And so what people have for spending money and, you know, what they're using to go out and see games or buy league pass or different things like that is all going to be different. Um, so I think it's a fair assumption that the cap ramifications are going to come down to in some extent, but who knows how much. And I, I think, no, I think, you know, everybody in the fin financial markets is struggling to figure out how much the impact of all this stuff is going to be in terms of how long it's going to take to build its way, um, back up. Right. Yeah. I mean, th those are, those are all fair points. Mike, do you have any insights on salary cap stuff right now no not real i'm pretty much in the same boat um but yeah this is just a huge lesson to like we just we almost took the continuity and consistency of the nba for granted uh <laughs> but yeah. just yeah. this whole thing like obviously it's not the lowest of priorities uh but yeah this is just this whole thing is just so eye-opening I think I think it certainly reaffirmed uh for a lot of people and I, th I see this on you know social media and whatnot everybody talking about how um how much their lives revolve around sports and different things like that. And for me, yeah. uh, that's certainly the case. Obviously my whole profession is built off sports. So it's not a way for me to make money playing DFS games right now, uh, unless I'm playing. You know, Cause Turkish you're, cause you're, 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 too much of a, you're too much of a cow. You're too much of a coward to register for Turkish or, uh, or, Le or league of legends, things that I have no particular expertise <laughs> in whatsoever. Um, but Spend I just, in general, morning. in general, like I really do. I love the NBA and I miss it. Uh, quite a bit for me you know there's an opportunity now in the evenings it's like okay every all these shows that people have told me about for you know the last year I guess I can watch them now because my show my favorite show that I was watching during the week was the NBA I was I just love watching those games and uh, certainly miss them quite a bit right now yeah I mean I I'll be honest like I I don't I did not watch that many games like I probably watch like three four games a week like I wasn't I was not watching games every single night by any estimation but I my whole um 
like I only listen to sports podcasts, right? Like I'm on, like I'm listening to, to dunked on. I'm with like, I just all these podcasts. And uh, I got to say like, that's been a, that's been a weird, that's been a weird change for me. It's just been like, none of my, either my favorite podcasts are not uploading or they're, they're crap. I don't want to listen to, <laughs> you know, which is, which is, which I mean, which is whatever. Like I could, I could listen to Bill Simmons talk about uh, a piece of paper, but like it, you know, <laughs> That's not that is not true of all the podcasts I listen to. Mike, what what is it? What has the transition been like for you? Just just miserable? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Put on my dog in the backyard. It's been a new thing for me. Uh he's loving it actually. because uh, I'm home all the time. I'm I'm home all the time pretty much anyways. But uh No, dogs dogs a- are the big dogs are the big winners of, of, of I'm, just I'm honestly this. considering get I'm seriously considering getting a second dog. Like, yeah, I have, I have two. I, was like, I would recommend it. I'd recommend yeah. multiple dogs to deal yeah. with your to deal with your um this your outbreak. To do, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's. I think that is where the NBA is as of right now. I think that I Drew, you sound you sound more optimistic about the NBA returning than than Michael and I do. I guess I'm the I'm the most pessimistic of the group. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would like. I mean, I think. I think the thing. The like. Look, what we're dealing with is extremely serious. It's going to take a whole lot of time for this to kind of work its way through the system, and there's going to be a lot of ramifications as a result of that. And so, I don't want my optimism around there eventually being a final result to this NBA season being misinterpreted in any way other than that. But I would say that businesses are going to be very anxious to get back to work as soon as they possibly yeah. can. And I think in the terms of sports leagues, which, you know, were in many ways have led a a lot of different aspects of society in our country, whether it comes to race relations, um, in this case with coronavirus, with social distancing and different things, it kind of ended up leading the way. Um, I think there will likely be just like kind of after 9-11 and whatnot, people like banded together through sports and kind of, you know, we have that that you know first pitch at Yankee Stadium that we all kind of remember I think there will be something like that with the NBA um and so I do think there will be a conclusion to this season I think it'll be a weird way that we'll get there and I think it'll take a lot of time to get there but I do think there will be yeah I I mean I'm I am anxious for it uh I I think that um a sport that has even bigger ramifications of canceling the season is soccer because they have even more stuff happening yeah. year round. And it's, it's going to be, it's, it's a, it's a big bummer to me that Liverpool is not going to be able to win their title and like celebrate it with their <laughs> fans. It, they, the, the, the premier league has basically said they're just going to cancel. We'll know, we'll know for sure on Friday, but I think that's, that, inter- that's interesting. Cause they were the league that was, took so long to shut yeah. things down at all. Shut it down. Because I, I think that what they, my guess is what the leadership wanted is they wanted Liverpool to, to get mathematically assured that they were going to win. And then, and then they could end it. And, but the reason why I'm bringing this up is I think once one league just says, that's it, we're done. One, one pro sports league, you know, not college or whatever, but when one big professional league just says, that's it, we're canceled. We're waiting this out. We're starting next year. That makes it easier for the NBA, the NHL, baseball, whatever, to be like, okay, that's it. We are also done, and we are just waiting until the next calendar cycle or whatever. Who's the favorite and, to do that NBA, obviously? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. 
basically, I think the the Premier League has said that's pretty much what's going to happen. But in terms of American sports, yeah, I think that yeah. the NBA is a the NBA is a big favorite to to cancel it for. Weirdly, I think the NHL is less likely to do it because uh, the players just like wear, are wearing so much gear while they're playing. I think that they could like talk themselves into it being harder to transmit while playing. But there's more people in the Which arena. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it, it. Certainly, these are um, questions that I have never bit like. You know, I'm I'm not a, I, I am not uh, an infectious disease expert though. Uh, we we are. I am in contact with several people who are microbiologists and uh, have PhDs and whatnot, where I will be stitching together uh, a COVID-19 take cast episode with a lot of people who are a lot more intelligent than me. But I, I hope that you guys like the show. And, and we're going to keep doing shows because it's important to stay uh, active, interested, uh, you know, everything while, uh, while the quarantine is, is going on. Do you, have any, do you have any advice for the quarantine folks, Drew? Um, I would say that this is a great time to invest in your own mental health and it's probably a needed time. And so um, if you have had interest in getting into, you know, meditation or um, kind of ways to sort of help train your brain to calm your body down when there is anxiety and there's probably a lot of anxiety for people uh, going around right now with all the uncertainty, you know, health and financial and whatnot, um, I would say that now is a really good time to try to invest in your own personal health and mental health. And I think, um, you know, exercising to the level that you can, you know, getting out and going for a run and doing stuff that's still socially distanced from other people or, um, you know, even staring at nature, uh, even if it's a picture of nature, if you're stuck in a big city, a picture of nature can actually uh, help kind of slow your brain down and uh, slow your body down in terms of anxiety and stuff. So, I think for me, meditation has been a really big key and I would uh, encourage people if you do have a little bit of extra time and downtime, you're not, you know, commuting to work or different things like that, uh, try to pick it up because I think it can help a lot in terms of, uh, you know, your ability of dealing with anxiety and, uh, you know, frustration around these things. And then, you know, just try to mix in as much uh, stuff that makes you happy in terms of routines, like, you know, mix in more comedy shows and different things like that. Uh, in terms of what you're watching on Netflix or uh, Hulu or whatever. Um, I think that, I think it's really important to try to take care of your mind as much as it is your body and uh, your job and all those things right now. You know, I just try to find maybe something to learn, uh, whether it's a new skill, yeah. like you said, new ways to meditate and, you know, just think, um, I know, I think someone tweeted it out. Um, well, I can't remember the name of the book. Um, range. Yeah, uh, I never got to finish that. Uh, so I'm no, going to finish I, that. Um, I was going to say, I'll, I'll send you my copy if you want it. I got it sitting, sitting on my, on my bookshelf. Uh, so that's actually a uh, really, this, especially nowadays, um, I, I was only about a third of the way through and then the season started and I pretty much just stopped. So I definitely want to, I'm going to probably restart that. But um, that's a pretty good book to read right now. Um, just, you know, find new ways to differentiate yourself. Uh, and yeah, just learning new skills can be really, really helpful yeah. in the long run. Along those lines, I know that in our in our internal Slack chat at Daily Rota today, there was going around a bunch of guys were noticing that I guess um, some of the Ivy League universities are offering online free courses that you can take, um, and there's like 450 different courses that you can take online. And the guys were kind of looking through them and saying, "Hey, like let's do a course together," type thing. Um, and so there's there's definitely opportunities out there to try to keep 
your mind engage with some of the extra to, uh, downtime and learn new skills, like you said, Mike. Yeah, like I personally, I want to. I really want to learn. I've been putting it off so long that I really wanted to get good at Photoshop and learning ways to uh, represent data and like data viz kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, like obviously, Kirk Goldsberry is the the gold standard. Yep. Um, learning that, and there's a lot of stuff you could do in your house that uh, you don't really realize yet. Uh, and again, I'm I haven't even wrapped my head around this whole thing yet, to be honest with you guys. Um, and probably a couple more days, to kind of let it sink in, and yeah, just. Don't leave anything out. Um, just ways to keep stay home and keep your brain active. And don't I'd say don't watch too much TV because um, uh, it's you know kind of bad for you, I guess. Um, put you kind of in a bad state. Like what what and, you guys limited? NFL, like, I, I play. I wouldn't watch more than like seven hours of TV a day. I mean, that's a lot of TV. Maybe maybe that's slow. I mean, eight, eight, yeah, seven's probably seven eight. I'm just I'm just trying to read. If I like my my thing is if I get. 20 or 30 pages read of the book that I read during the day. I'm just like, I'm going to forgive myself for being a vegetable and other, in other <laughs> aspects. But like, if I, if I'm like, if I'm not doing any reading that like, I mean, that's just the biggest thing for me is like, I can't, just, go, I yeah. can't just turn just into a whole potato. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be the biggest thing I would tell people to do is just like, you got lots, I'm sure you got lots of books sitting around your house. Like go read some of the books. Yeah. That's what we got. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this. Um, uh, you know, keep if you guys have ideas for shows, uh, things you want to hear me talk about, things you want to hear Drew talk about, things you want to hear Mike talk about, uh, our other guests, you know, who, who come on a lot, Josh Hermsmeyer, Pat Mayo, all those guys, uh, let us know because we're gonna we're gonna be continuing doing these episodes, uh, whether or not the the games resume, and we we just want to keep you guys entertained, and we will be back with this show. Uh, sometime next week. Later, guys. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.